0: What's happening, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Crossed Up on a Monday morning. Phillies lose two out of three to the Minnesota Twins. Good start, disappointing finish this weekend at Citizens Bank Park. Anthony, I'll bring you in. Uh, I got to cover the the game that wasn't a stinker uh, this weekend on Friday night. And it's funny um, because in my story after the game, Kepler hits the home run. And I thought to myself, this is just going to be one of those nights. Like this team was was due for this type of game. It's probably going to get away from them. And then lo and behold, they come out and they smash Minnesota. I think I was on the right track. I was just a night too early, and we'll bring you in here. And uh, I, I don't know. I think that it was a decent homestand, but a little underwhelming finish here.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, you, you can't go Kansas City, Pittsburgh, I mean, uh, Kansas City, Washington, uh, Minnesota, and go six and four at home to me look it it doesn't do a lot of damage they're still the top wild card team right but again and this is like i said last week it only stretches it out one more day so now when you lose games like you lose you know you lost the game to washington in this home stand and the, and the game that you lost to the royals in this home stand you know that's those are two days that you're going to have to compete longer in this in september than you probably want to right Look, I don't think either lost to the Twins. You sit there and go, oh, my God, they should have won that game. How how do they blow that game or how do they lose right. that game? They faced two really good pitchers. There's a reason that they traded Luis Arise for Pablo Lopez and then went and signed him to the contract that they signed him to. guy's a good pitcher. Sonny Gray is a good pitcher. I mean, probably top 20, 25 in the game. And so you, you don't. You look at losing games to those two pitchers, and you're like, well, it'd be nice to have gotten one, but okay, I understand why the offense struggled a little bit against those pitchers. So you got to look back if you're going to look at it, look at the whole homestand, blowing the second game of the doubleheader against Washington and blowing the first game of the homestand against Kansas City. Those are games you can't lose. And so now you're too, you know, that's this one we talk about that, you know, you, you give up your mulligans, right? Too right. soon. Like, you, you probably aren't upset about losing these last two games to Minnesota if they win one of those games.
0: I, I'm going to do like a little role reversal with you here because yeah. I, I thought this myself, I'm like, you know, they have to go at least seven and three. They they probably could go eight and two on the same stand, yeah. especially the way it starts. Like, yes, in hindsight, you look at losing the opener to the Royals. You look at losing the second game in the doubleheader, to the nationals, and that comes back to bite you a little bit, but you get to six and two on the home stand. you're feeling pretty good about where they're at. I, like I don't know if they have to be better than this. Like I don't know if they they had to go seven or th- seven and three or eight and two. and I, I get it. I get your point about it lengthens this thing. It's another day that you have to try because you're you're burning these opportunities. But devil's advocate here. You know, last year, and I know that, and and I've been the one banging this drum all along, like last year is not this year. Just because something happened a year ago doesn't mean it's going to happen again this year. But what if I told you that maybe it's good that this team is going to have to sweat deeper into September? Maybe not from a health standpoint, maybe not from a usage standpoint, but we've seen this now, right? Where teams kind of coast that last month, coast over the last few weeks of the season, and then it's kind of hard for them to rev it back up when the games matter again. So like, is there any value? Like if I told you in a perfect world, like, yes, the Phillies are going to have the top wild card spot, uh, but no, they're not going to clinch it until the last week of the season. Is that like a sweet spot or is it like, man, wrap this thing up as soon as you can. And, and I know that if you're listening to this, cause there's a lot of people that listen to our show that are like, the Phillies are not this good. You guys are giving them way too much credit. Like this is going to be a fight to the finish and it might be, but I'm just going to – I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here a little bit.
1: Um, I think that there is a, a danger when a team doesn't have to play a competitive game for a long time, I do. I think it hurts teams if you're way out in front and, you know – you, you haven't played anything that matters. Like like I think it hurt the Braves last year, yeah. in all honesty. I mean, right, and it's and it could well hurt and the they, Braves again. This, year, yeah. this year, right? I mean, I mean, seriously. So like, yeah, those kind of things happen. But I do think that there's a benefit to being able to have that last week of the season be like, hey, let's treat it like spring training. Right. Let's get our guys their swings. Let's get our guys, but let's get them out of there, right? Let's only, you know, only play partial partial games and things like along those nature of that nature. I think that I think there is a benefit to that as well. Being able to get, you know, who needs the rest at this point, let's be able to give them that rest kind of thing. I I really do think that there's a benefit in that. Where, you know, I'm not sitting here telling you the Phillies need to lock up the top wild card with two weeks to go in the regular season. But if those last five, six games are meaningless games and you're able to just set up your rotation the way you want to set it up and, and, and have guys have the 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 rest that they need going into the playoffs. I, I think that that's there's a big benefit to that, Bob. I really do. So I think that the, I think it can I think there's a fine line, and it's funny, but you know you mentioned it, like Rob Thompson was talking about having these extra days off coming up this week, you know today off and, and Thursday off, and you know being able to to get their starting pitchers a certain amount of extra rest. But he said there's also a, a thing where it becomes too much rest. He says, you gotta gotta be careful. With those guys and so i think that that that's a legitimate thing too and i think so when you when you really kind of piece it it's a very fine line so yes you know you do want to compete long you know to a certain point but no you don't want to be competing right up to the last minute either so i think that there's you gotta you've got to thread that needle a little bit and so maybe you're right maybe losing these two games helps thread that needle a little bit more but but it could also make it longer too, I think it, it, it could be a double-edged sword.
0: Well, one of our uh, guys over at Crossing Broad, Tim Riley, says, "You know, this week was unbelievable. It was this crazy week with all of these highs, and then they only go six and four on this homestand." And and I don't know if you saw my response to him. I said that is the essence of the Phillies, <laughs> where it's just it's never quite as bad as it seems, but it's really never as good as it seems. And to that point, I, I want to raise two questions here because I am not in this mindset of the sky is falling. And and by the way, just take a look around at what's happening throughout the national league. Like nobody's taking advantage of, of any, any vulnerability right now. Like the Cubs had a nice weekend, two out of three up in Toronto. Like I'll give them that the Cubs continue to play well, but none of these other teams that are in contention are, are really, you know, putting their foot on the gas and making that move right now. So I will say this. We got very excited because they, they hit around the Royals a little bit. They hit around the Nationals. And, and Washington does have some some okay arms. Like, I'm not going to make it sound like it was all just dreck that they faced against Washington, but not not great either. They, they run into Lopez on Saturday night. They get their doors blown off. Gray shuts them down for six innings yesterday. Probably could have been seven or eight if they were more aggressive with them. I'm surprised that they weren't. So, is is what we saw at the front of this homestand, and again, like the six and four, like, I don't think the sky is falling. But is what we saw at the beginning of this homestand a little bit of a mirage? Like they took advantage of brutal teams, brutal pitching, and then you see when they face competent to above average pitching, we're right back to where where we were, you know. 10 to 14 days ago. We're like, what the hell is up with this offense? Like, and granted, like I also understand like, and I feel like I have to put these disclaimers on these comments because yeah, like good pitching does shut down good offense. Like we know that like around the sport and that's when you have a good offense, you build up your numbers when you face substandard pitching. Like that's how you do it. But for this team, for all the, wow, the big five are back. Wow. They look like the machine that we thought that they were back in February. Like, I don't know. Like that's where I kind of come back to, like, okay, how much of this can I really trust moving forward now?
1: No, it's a fair question, Bob. And I, I think that um I, I think that it's it it is what it is, right? I mean, you know, the the Phillies offense is not terrible like people think it is. It's also not as great as they think they can be. Um I just think they are what they are, um, which is somewhere in the middle and that's okay if your pitching comes through which we'll you know we're going to talk about taiwan walker I'm yeah. sure today um, and there's a situation where the pitching didn't come through I mean that game you know even though they lose 8-1 if they even had you know some semblance of pitching I felt like they actually looked better believe it or not against lopez and they did against um than they did against Sonny gray um I felt like there were a few more opportunities in that game. There were only a, there were limited opportunities against Gray, whereas against Lope. I mean, look, Castellanos still had two hits against against him, and, and Turner still had three hits in that game. And um, you know, Harper had a had a he no he got hurt. So that was a, no, that wasn't a game he got hurt. Um, uh, he got a hit, and he had a hit in that game. I am just trying to remember off the top of my head. I might have to pull up my book here. Um, but regardless, the point was is they they had some hits against pablo lopez that they didn't have yesterday um yeah so so yeah harper had a hit in that game and and real muto had a hit in that game so so like other than schwarber who did not have a good weekend the big five, four of the big five were fine on saturday didn't score any. didn't score the runs. they had their chances but they but they were at least getting hits so that tells you something right it tells you that okay you chalk that one up to you know they had, they had been doing really well on this homestand, and they were still hitting the ball, but they just didn't get the clutch hit in that game. All right, no big deal. Um, yesterday was a little bit more of pitcher dominance against them. So, you know, I don't I don't kill the, the team saying that they can't b- hit good pitching because I think that they can. I think that they have this year at times been good against good pitchers. I mean, even in a game – I'll give you one example, Bob. Even in a game against Atlanta where they got – roasted it was a game it was on Sunday night baseball yeah, it was the
0: Covey Strider game
1: yes yeah the, yeah, the Dylan Covey star yeah. they, they got killed but they still hit Spencer Strider pretty well in that game mm-hmm. still hit him. um and, and you know you you kind of forget it because it's like oh they got blown out by the Braves but the offense actually did their job in that game a little bit so so i think that they're you know i don't want to put it in there that oh they're always going to struggle against good pitching and they're only going to hit bad pitching but i do think you're right i mean it is this is how numbers are are accumulated in baseball you take advantage of bad pitching and you're going to struggle a little bit more against good pitching it's just the way it is
0: i uh look at and and i think where my, my biggest concern, and this is the one that I think is truly valid. Like, I I think it's easy to overreact both positively and negatively when, when things are going well, things are going bad. and, And I think we got the spectrum of things this, this past homestand I'm concerned though, that even with established veterans, even with guys who have performed in big spots, I don't know if this team is able to execute when there's not a lot of margin for error. Like that's what concerns me about this offense. And I'll tell you what, what troubled me yesterday is that they were dominated, but they also did have a few opportunities in what was a tight game and a very well-pitched game, both ways to put runs on the board and they weren't able to bear down in those spots to do it. Now you look at the second inning, they get the first and third one out Garrett Stubbs strikes out. Doesn't, doesn't get a run in. Like, am I going to kill Garrett Stubbs in that situation? Like, because he's, he's probably not catching in October. And if he is like, that's a whole different set of problems. And that's not to be rude to, to Garrett, but like, that's not the plan. But like Kyle Schwarber, you know, you come come up in the second inning, bases loaded. You got a righty lefty matchup here. Like you're the guy. This is this is supposed to be a, a big spot in the game because you know that runs are going to be at a premium. And he puts together a bad at bat. You know, you get later into the game, and I know there was the nonsense with the home plate umpire. I really just don't have like the tolerance for that. Like I don't. We can we can get into it. Robo omps umpires around the league this year have been horrible yes it was a ball to bohm but like i also look at the 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 batter before it comes back to kyle schwarber pop-up like you've got to be able to bear down in situations when you know that there's going to be two three four runs scored max in a game like you've got to execute in those spots and the fact that they had those opportunities and they weren't able to do it. And then I think when you look at that and combine it with some of their struggles that they've had for prolonged stretches with runners and scoring position this year, like I just I do wonder, like, is that something that is just going to ultimately doom this team? And and you saw it happen yesterday. And I'm not trying to overreact to two at bats by one player in one game. But I, I do think when you look at the performances in a whole, th- that there is some validity to this to this criticism or this concern, I should say.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, but th- but then again, I I break it down, Bob, and say that th- that's the same batter twice I, that we're that we're going to highlight and and deservedly. So Schwarber did not do his job yesterday. Um you know, you don't want to kill Stubbs. I don't want to kill Stubbs either. But there was also a situation there where they they tried a safety squeeze. Yeah. At, yeah. Get the bump
0: down. Put the ball in play. With you two know? strikes. Hit a fly ball. Like, I get it. Like, I'm yeah, not trying. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, I should probably, like, come back and say, like, he was on our show. I, I'm, I'm not trying yeah. to like, protect the guy. I didn't do his job there. It was bad. But, like, also, yeah. I'm not looking to Garrett Stubbs. For sure. To, to For sure, drive the engine here, you know.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's 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 also like if he gets the run home from third, no matter how it's done, if right. safety squeeze or a fly ball, anything but the strikeout, right? Um, kind of changes the complexion of the game a little bit too, because sure. you have that run early, right? It, and just it just kind of changes things. Um, but but Schwarber, to your point, I mean, his at bat in the second inning was was maddening to people because he takes one strike, which was basically down the middle. Um, and I get it. He likes to work the count sometimes and find, you know, he's going to end up taking pitches and guys take pitches that are strikes and you look at and go, how can you take that pitch? Because they're, they're working the counts, what they're doing. Um, but then the two strikes that he swung at were nowhere near the, the strike zone. And for a guy who's, who's got as good an eye as Schwerber does, that's, that's frustrating that and that's disappointing right though that's what makes that at bat so so hard to to swallow because you know he's the kind of guy who can work his way on base with a walk he has that good of an eye so what the hell are you swinging at All Right, right what's the approach that's that's concerning and then of course you know base is loaded one out and you have a you have a bullpen on the ropes that so much so that they had to take the guy out of the game and bring in field bar now i know it's lefty lefty and you know schwerber struggles against lefties but you, you gotta have a better better bet you got to well gotta that's what you get play.
0: i mean this whole conversation is kyle schwerber 2023 kyle schwerber summed up i mean he hits the two home runs in the first game on tuesday correct and i think when he had hit the second one. It was his 30th of the year. And at the time I looked, he was mathematically pacing a 43 home run season at that point. And he's this morning tracking 41 home runs. He's on pace for 99 runs batted in 120 walks and 210 strikeouts. And yeah. he has this game that he has yesterday. And I'm, I'm sort of a proponent of just leaving him in the leadoff because they, they think it works or they like the way it feels or, Whatever the hell, like, we all understand he's not a leadoff hitter, but like, I, I've kind of gone away from that conversation. Like I tend to try to stay away from the topics that everyone just beats into the ground, but like you, you see these games and it's, I, th- I think that this is why everyone's so adamant and like passionate about the Kyle Schwarber leadoff conversation, because it's just a constant pissing match back and forth. He'll have those days where he goes nuts, and you're like, tough day for the anti-Schwerber leadoff people, and then he has a game like yesterday where he looks unplayable, and you're like, tough day for the, the Schwarber defenders. I mean, he has been so erratic, so inconsistent, and, I mean, just again, like we said it a few weeks ago, I'm not sure that you'll ever see another season like this. Well, unless he's You know, after his contract expires, because I assume we'll probably do this again next year. Um, (laughs) I mean, it's a really like the the volatility in his performance, it's tough to really like dig in on, on it and count on him because it's just, it's all over the map.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. And, and you know, I, you know, I would never, if I was constructing a lineup, I would never lead off Kyle Schwarber. But keep in mind, we're, we're, we're talking about a performance like yesterday where he comes up to the plate with runners on base in both cases. So in This is essence, what you want. <laughs> this is why he's there, right? I mean, this is like people say he should bat in the middle of the order where he could drive in more runs. He had a chance to drive in plenty of runs yesterday and this didn't do it. You know, so the thing of it is is that the Phillies lineup the way it's constructed, they're getting far more offense from further down the lineup now. And what I mean by far more offense is far more guys getting on base. So Schwarber has these chances and just is not coming through. So the question is if you guys well if he's gonna do this, do you wanna put him in the middle of the lineup? Right? I mean it's the same thing. Like where where do you put this bat? Where do you hide it if you don't like it where it's at? I I don't know. I just I just think that it's if you if you're going to run into some home runs, 41 home runs, which he's pacing for, you want to put him in spots where guys are going to be on base. And this was an op- this was a perfect opportunity twice, and he just didn't get it done. And he was and he was o for on on uh, Saturday as well. I think he was o for five on Saturday. At least he had a walk yesterday. Yeah, he was o for five Saturday. Guess how many guys he left on
0: base Saturday? Five. Yeah. So tough weekend. I mean, it's almost like—is it? Well, I'm just—is it too simplistic to say, "Hey, as Kyle Schwarber, your leadoff hitter goes, the Phillies' offense goes." I mean,
1: I like, mean, there you. I mean, well, the, to, to be fair, Bohm was also zero for four on on Friday night, yeah. right? So top of the order just did nothing for them around Saturday night. The top of the order did nothing for them. But I mean, again, there were three times he came up in that game on Saturday with runners on base, runners in scoring position. The fifth inning, he had first and second popped out left two runners on base seventh inning he had a runner at third with the two out popped out to the first baseman and then in the ninth inning he comes up with two guys now again the game's over at that point but he comes up with two guys on base and strikes out so he ends up leaving five guys on base he's coming up in their Phillies are putting runners on base for Kyle Schwarber I I think that that's what why you don't move him at this point and i would never lead him off and like i said as a manager i would never lead him off but i think i see why the phillies are doing it and they know that hey here's a guy who can drive in runs when we have guys on base and here's when he's getting the most opportunity to do it he just didn't do it this
0: weekend all right i think we have to talk about taiwan walker because if the phillies lost the last two one two one i'd say okay no big deal whatever you know like or i maybe we'd still be having this conversation but I think yeah. in addition to the we lost a series against the Twins, if, if I'm the Phillies, I'm also saying we might have a problem with Taiwan Walker. And it's, it's funny because we talk about the wins, his ability to shake off slow starts and then give them quality starts and be competitive. and like, All of that remains true. It's not like he went out and gave up 10 runs in three innings the other night. But there's an issue here, and we've talked about it at length, this velocity thing and the way that he comes out and starts games is real. The difference on Saturday night was that he never recovered. We've seen an uptick after that first inning, that second inning. He gets into the middle innings and you're like, okay, wow, pretty impressive start. There's there's a problem here. And I do want to give you some numbers before I get your thoughts on, you know, A, what they're going to do. B, should that be what they do? And C, where do you think this goes beyond that? Yeah. But I will I will just throw this out here. Last August, he made five starts and he put together a six nine eight ERA and he only pitched nineteen and a third innings in those five starts. I mean, he got beat up a one point six five five whip. His strikeouts per nine, six point one. Like he just he lost his stuff to a degree this time last year, and he struggled mightily this time last year. So there's a little bit of a track record for this. Now, if you're looking for some some positive sign in this, this little mess right now, I would say, yeah, okay, now you come back to September. He manages to make, uh, I believe, the same amount of starts. The ERA dips into the high threes. Like, he did recover to a degree down the stretch at the end of last season. But you dig into what, what I think the biggest issue right now is, which is the velocity. This season, his four-seam fastballs averaged 93.7 miles per hour. Um, or I'm sorry, that was last season. This year, just across the entire season, it's down to 93.1. So he's already just season to season, year over year, lost about half a mile per hour on his four-seam fastball, which may not seem like a lot, but that's actually a pretty significant dip over one year. So he's averaging 93. The other 90 averages 91.2 with it. And, I mean, there were several pitches where he didn't even get there, like where he was sitting like 88, 89. Like, what do you make of this? Like, I know they're going to give him extended rest. Is that going to be enough to fix it? Like, do they really have to think about how much they can trust him as this thing goes down the stretch now?
1: I think Taiwan Walker is what Taiwan Walker is like i'm glad you brought up last season because you know i i had his game log pulled up to talk because you know in the second half last year he wasn't nearly as good as he was in the first half of the season i think what he had like a i think his era was 2.63 at the all-star break last year and he finished at 3.49 right so he Mm -hmm. so his second half was bad um and and you look at it's it's interesting like you talk about those august starts last year well to be fair, one of them was uh, against the Braves, got smoked, gave up eight earned runs in one inning, and then didn't, you know, and that was it. And then his other four starts were just mediocre. They were okay. They were just like what well, we've been getting from him, right? Five, six innings, gives up a couple of runs, but he keeps you in the game and the team has a chance to win. Um, you know, those that's those were those. And then September, it, it's almost like he was more, just more of the same, right? And you look at it and go, okay, five runs four inning four earned against pittsburgh well that's not good but then it bounces back with seven runs one earned against the marlins Mm -hmm. with 10 strikeouts oh okay then it's right back to seven and a third three runs against pittsburgh Eh, pretty good hung in there milwaukee six runs four earned get out right miami five runs three or five innings three earned um out. and then four and a third in his last start of the season so like it's like he's hit or miss and I think that that's really what Taiwan Walker is yeah he's 13 and 5 and the Phillies have won 17 of his 24 starts he's had some good run support he keeps you in games but he's exactly what a number four starter is supposed to be a guy that doesn't get blown out and a guy that you know can keep you in the game but he's a guy you you can't count on to just be
0: dominant and and that's all there is to it that's he is what he is he he is what he is and when you look at the numbers and you give me the like they've won these starts he keeps you in games he's been competitive sometimes he's he's effective sometimes he's not great like i'm i'm down for all of that but I, i would tell you like just looking through this like I'm on the baseball savant page from the other night looking at his, his velocity. He threw one pitch over 93 miles an hour, the entire yeah. night. one pitch, you know, most of those fastballs that he threw were sitting 90 to 91. The, the splitter or, you know, the sinker, I'm sorry, sitting like 88, you know, like the, the splitter and the sinker, 88, 89, like this that that's not good and like if you were no if the velocity was where it was and like the results were mixed as they are I'd say like okay yeah but like m- is this where he's going to remain or can he get it back up to where he he would want to be like and I, you know is it dead arm is it something in his routine why can't the Phillies fix it if he has it in him like when you look at those starts against Miami two starts ago you look at what he did against Kansas City like it's in his arm. He has it in there. So where is it? And why can't they untap it? Like, and I think that to me is the question right now.
1: Yeah, it it really is. And because, you know, and I did ask him after the game, I said, you know, is a lot of, is part of the problem with not being able to have good control? Cause obviously he was walking a ton. If he walked six guys the other night, um, I says part of the problem, not having good control. The fact that they know that you have no velocity and they're basically just spitting on your breaking stuff. And he goes, yeah, he's like you know they've been, they've seen my last couple starts. They know I've become a a, a uh, breaking ball heavy pitcher, and so therefore they're just going to sit there and, and take those pitches, and they're not swinging and missing at the splitter, right? For example, which is his best pitch. So so yeah, I mean he's aware of it. He says you can't throw nine, you can't throw ninety fastballs at ninety in the majors and expect to be successful. He said it
0: himself. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I mean it has to get back to ninety four. On the sinker, so that he can set up the slider and and the and the curveball that he has um, to be more effective pitches. If, Otherwise, you're going to get an outing like you got for Saturday.
0: If if I and again, he only I, gave up
1: three. He, uh, let's let's just this is just he got this is how lucky he was. He gave up three hits in the game. Two of them were solo home runs. So we only have one real hit, other than the home run, like like, like a ball that was at a fielder that was hit at a fielder. Six walks and a hit and a hit by pitch, in five innings. He only gave up three runs. So it's like one of those games where you're like, how the hell did he only give up three runs? But he still finds a way. So there's something like you gotta appreciate that about him as a pitcher that he that he finds a way to 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 keep the damage at a minimum, for the most part. But he knows he can't keep throwing pitches the way he's throwing pitches and expect to be a a solid contributor to this team.
0: So, if if I were to ask you to play therapist for a moment, um, you're standing there next to him. You ask him the question. You hear him talking. Frustration or self doubt? Like, what what did you get out of it? Like, you know, you talk to players, you kind of know where sometimes these guys are at. In terms of when they struggle, what's their headspace? Where are they? Where do you think he is right now? Um,
1: I I don't think that he's, uh, I I don't think that he's in a bad headspace. Um, I I just you know I I think that I get the sense that like he's experienced this before and he mm-hmm. knows that this kind of happens to him. Um, and you know he was he was pretty you know pragmatic about it. He was basically like, look just need a little extra rest you know and he's not the only one i mean look i mean guys do this in baseball now i mean we even saw it where the greatest player of all time is skipping a start because he said his arm's tired and shohei otani right it said that you know his arm's tired and he needs he needs more time off and that's a guy who doesn't throw that many innings to begin with right he only throws every sixth day to start off he's only throwing 130 innings this year um it's just where the game is it's where guys are it's how that it's how they train to pitch nowadays and and so you know <clears throat> he's told them oh it's August this happens to me in August well all right well if he's used to it then I'm not you know I, I don't get it I don't understand why <laughs> if it happens like you can't figure out how to how to prevent it from happening but okay at least that's where his head is like he
0: doesn't seem like
1: it's bothering him
0: All right. I have, I have two other things that I wanted to dig into specifically. And then anything else you want to hit on or or tackle here, but we'll we'll keep it with the starting rotation right now. And let's move to Ranger Suarez because it it has not been great for him in, in July and and this month. I thought that the other night against Washington, he took a step forward. I didn't think he was sharp necessarily kind of got hurt on the home runs, but like, Okay, like, given where he was at, I thought it was a step forward. I thought he threw the ball pretty well yesterday. Um, He goes six and a third. He allows six hits, three walks, maybe a little bit more on the walks than I'd like to see. But eight strikeouts was finally kind of generating some some strikeouts, which have been down for him a little bit recently. Um, You feel like he's kind of where he needs to be right now? Because, like – all year, I've sort of been trying to figure out where, where he's at. Like, he had the weird spring. He was delayed. He came out, started the season. He was a mess. Then he was phenomenal for a month. And then has kind of just been trying to find it, I feel like. And my interpretation yesterday was that we would have come away from that start and said, wow, that was a, a huge step in the right direction. He looked really good, had the Phillies hit. But because they fell behind early, gives up a home run early, you're like, all right, like, you know, I think that was a decent start. I, I, I guess I'm just trying to, like, you know, ultimately where I'm going with this. We had a conversation last week, and I asked you about the, the rotation and what it might look like in the playoffs. And your response to that was like, so much can happen between now and then, which I agree. And, like, we can't just react to to – the, the most recent start and then try to project out a playoff rotation because of it. But like, ultimately I, I can't help, but think about, okay. Wheeler Nola, even if you don't think he should be the game two starter, he's going to be, and I don't mean you, but I mean someone listening to this, but then what? And, and so every start for me is like trying to figure out like, what the hell is this thing going to look like?
1: Um, well, I think, I think a lot will depend on the, the opponent, Bob. Um, and I think that you're, you're probably looking at a situation where Suarez is a scheduled starter against some opponents, but some opponents he may be a guy that you want to bring out of the pen. Mm. Um, I, I think in the th- in the three games, the more I think about it, in, in the three-game series, he's probably a starter. Um,
0: well, let me give you this. In a world where they, they... – play the san francisco giants in that first round i'm I'm just going to throw this out here the giants have the fourth worst ops against left-handed pitching yeah this this season so if it's the giants you would almost to me right there as long as he's he's okay down the stretch i think that answers the question against the giants
1: for sure and I and I wouldn't I, and I don't think that if you look at like the Cubs, which is I think your next best possibility um, of the opponent being in the in the opening round, I I don't care what it, I think that I think that you like Suarez, just because it's an it would be an elimination, elimination game game yeah, and you know that that he's the guy that you like having in those in those high pressure spots, um, because he doesn't he's not he doesn't wilt in the moment. Um, at, in a longer series, I wonder a little bit, Bob. Is he more of a short start but available out of the pen most of the other time kind of guy? Um, especially in if you need a a lefty in in a tight spot in like the sixth or seventh inning or to go multiple innings, is he is he a guy that you look at and say we'd rather bring Ranger Suarez in here than Gregory Soto or Matt Strom? And i I do think that there's going to be some some versatility there. I do think there's gonna be some flexibility there where he is that guy that is that can be brought out of the pen. Um, but at the same time, I think like I'm not convinced that Lorenzen's definitely going into the bullpen right. I'm not convinced of it. Maybe like I said, maybe in the three game series he is, but beyond that, I think if Lorenzen keeps pitching well, I think Lorenzen's a starter the playoffs in, in the second round and then be anything beyond that
0: if, if you're um, if you're watching this on youtube like you see me smiling right now a little bit
1: <laughs>
0: I, I, as you're talking and like we're talking about these like left right splits it just kind of i just have to say i know the phillies beat the braves in the postseason last year i think because that happened we're all sort of downplaying what the 2023 atlanta braves are yeah. this team is unbelievable like i'm looking at this right and i'm like okay you know how are they hitting against left-handed pitching this year and as a team they have an 892 ops against left-handed pitching which is the best in all of baseball the second best team against lefties this year is the texas rangers and the ops is 825 like they're nowhere even close to what atlanta's done and then i'm saying to myself okay well obviously they're they're just tearing apart left-handed pitching how do they stack up against righties this year and they have the best ops against right-handed pitching at 833 and the next best team is the texas rangers at 794 like They are an absolute machine offensively. And I know they haven't been great in the second half. They're probably a little bit bored. They took apart the Mets by just at the seams this weekend. I know they lost last night, but they, they destroyed that team. Um, dude, like, are we all just like kidding ourselves here? Like, are we all just like playing make-believe about like a deep playoff run? Like this Atlanta team. Are they seriously going to bail out or bail out again in the in the second round in the opening their opening round for a second straight year? As good as this team is, I, I
1: don't think so. I think that I think that the Braves are. You know, you, we would be foolish to not pick the Braves. I mean, really, we'd be foolish to not pick the Braves. But the one thing I keep telling everybody is, if there's a team that is constructed in such a way who beat the Braves in a short series it's the Phillies and so if you're going to face them and you're got to beat them to go where you want to go you might as well face them early
0: yeah I I absolutely agree because
1: because I think that's the best chance you have of beating them so like I look at it and say yeah I mean the Braves are going to be if the Phillies get through which they should and the Braves are there and that's your matchup the Braves are still going to be the favorite. The Braves are probably going to win the series, but if you're going to have a shot to beat them, that's where you want them. And the Phillies have the roster to do it, but the, I, I don't know if I don't know if they get it done. All
0: right. Um. The the other thing that I have on my notes here is Trey Turner. So he gets that hit late in yesterday's game, keeps the hitting streak intact. I believe did he have a, a hit in every in every, every home game. game of the homestand? Is that correct?
1: Yes. Okay. That's correct. So yeah, his ten, OPS,
0: yeah, his OPS after yesterday, since it's 7:01, uh, I had tweeted out the other night that it was the first time since May 17th his OPS was over 700. Obviously, he's in a much different place than he was uh, 10 games ago. Um, here, here's my question to you now, uh, and we touched on this last week Friday because it was right in the middle of that that breakout streak, and he had a good weekend too. Are are we at a point where we can trust him to sort of, I'm not saying he's got to play at an MVP level. I'm not saying that he's going to be this guy that he was during this homestand here on out. But we know that he was able to, to some degree, ride the the wave, the momentum of of everything that happened with the fans. Like that, I think you can say to some extent was real. That's going to wear off though. Like that that moment has sort of passed. It's in the rearview now. And now they're going to go back out on the road and the season is going to continue as it as it was, as it will. Is this is this fixed? You know, like is is he over this now? I mean, you hope so. I mean,
1: again, when you look at it, he was he had 3 hits in the game against Lopez, two of them against Lopez and a walk, right? so he he did well against Lopez um he didn't do as well against Sonny gray, but then again no one did, and he didn't get his hit until the you know, the final at bat of the game uh, of the uh of the game I guess was at the ninth inning right when he got his hit um yesterday uh but I don't know i I look at it and say yeah i mean i I think that he's he's probably figured some things out. Um, I think that you know there's a little bit of pressure taken off of him, um, you know, with the with the ovations and things like that. Okay, great, that's good. I mean, look, no, I don't think I think I think multiple things can be true here. I'm gonna take a Kevin Kincaid line and say multiple things can be true here. Um, I, I do think he found something in his in his approach in the way he was going at it at the plate um, to become a little bit more disciplined. I think he was he admitted that he was. Being too aggressive at times, um, trying to get trying to fix things and trying to get out of it. And so that he kind of maybe, re, you know, relaxed a little bit and pulled that pulled back a little bit. And I think maybe, you know, does, does he feel that it was easier to do that uh, because he knew that, you know, he wasn't going to be destroyed by the fans with every bat with a boo? Um, OK, that's cool. Uh, but I do think that they' I think that he's on the on the right path. I mean yes, a lot of those at bats came against bad pitching, but I liked what I saw especially Saturday night against Lopez where everybody else was kind of struggling and he still was having good at bats and he was still on those pitches and and flat bat through the zone, hitting the ball all over the field. It looked like Trey Turner and so I do think that he. this is something that, is not just a happy homestand, and then it's going to go back to what it was all season beforehand. I do think we're going to get consistently good at bats from Turner going forward.
0: Let me give you a scenario here, I guess two scenarios, and you tell me which is the more likely. Uh, From here to or through the remainder of the season, his last 15 games he's hitting 317. And remember, like five of those 15 games were prior to this homestand where he was at his lowest point, but 15-game rolling – rolling totals here, hit 317, 892 OPS. In his last 30 games, he's hitting 256 with a 721 OPS. What is more likely to be his his stat line moving forward, that 30-game rolling average or the 15-game rolling average? And you can't question. middle it. You can't be a coward and say somewhere in between. <laughs> even though that's more likely –
1: you're you're forcing you're forcing no, how about this a...
0: all right i actually I, i'm gonna give you an out here over under okay. trey turner's ops the remainder of this season 800
1: that's a good one um i'll take the over
0: okay all right well and then and the only, and the only reason I'm ta- i am think it's fixed then
1: and I, but i'll give you the caveat as to why i'm taking the over
0: because they play the you, Mets seven times.
1: because they play because of who they're playing yeah I do think I do think that there's something to that right I mean really let's look ahead what what are the only tough games they have left pitching wise you're going to face the Braves you got a series against the Brewers and a series in San Diego really what else do you got Well,
0: I'll tell you what and it's funny because this actually transitions to exactly what I was going to get to next which is the Blue Jays this week when you look at the Toronto Blue Jays you think at least I do from afar I'm like man they'll look at the the firepower they have in their lineup and they they can really really score against you and and do a lot of things. They're 16th in runs per game this season. Like yeah. they're scoring fewer runs per game than the Phillies are who are 13th and they were actually up to 11th after Friday night, but they had a rough go of it. You look at the Blue Jays, they are first in baseball in runs allowed this season, 4.01 runs per game. Like they've really thrown the baseball well. And it's a big reason that they're still within reach of a, a postseason spot because that offense has been underwhelming.
1: It has. Um, and yeah, they're a weird team in a lot of ways because, you know, I think at the beginning of the year, you, you, know, you and I looked at them and thought, there's your American League champion this year. And they've looked nothing like a team that makes you think that they're going to be the American League champion this year. They're going to, I think they're going to get in the playoffs and, and they could be, you know, who knows? Maybe once, once you flip to October and, and the, the stat lines are cleared and everybody's, you know, O for O, um, maybe that changes and maybe, maybe they are a little bit better. But, um, look, it's not going to be, easy. these games in Toronto are, are never easy. They're not going to be easy. Um, For the Phillies. But again, I'm not looking at it and saying they're going, oh, they're facing some dominant pitching these two games. They're not. They're just not. And then they got Washington again. We know what Washington's pitching is like, right? So, you know, Giants have one or two good pitchers, starting pitchers, but they also throw a a ton of bullpen innings, um, which, you know, we talked, we were talking about offline yesterday. Um, And like, I I look ahead and I say, there's Turner's going to just, be Turner I think I, I don't look at it and go oh they have a terrible stretch and it's going to he's going to fall back into a, a, a funk against these you know good pitchers and and then it'll be back to what we've seen most of this year and this would just be a, a, a blip no I think that I think that this is setting up nicely for him to keep it going so I'm going to go with the over on the 800.
0: Okay, um, you look at this week coming up and, and you have this bizarre day off, two games, day off, Washington, Williams, Portland. What do you expect out of the Phillies this week? Or what do you need to see from them? I mean, Every time that they, they have a, a homestand or a road trip, we talk about, hey, this should be the target. This is what they need to do. So what do they need to do here?
1: It's only five games, um, and it's five games on the road in three different places, right, which is right. weird. So I'm going to say three and two. Okay. Split the ga- Split the games in Toronto, you know, split the games in Washington and win the national game in, in Williamsport because you'll have it'll be like a home game up there. Basically, you know, we have the you have the lo- the local little league team playing up there. You're going to have all of Delco in, in Williamsport. Um, I think you're going to get a lot of Phillies fans making the commute to that game. Um, I, I think it's just, it is, you know, it is what it is. I, I think that they, that's one that they, that they need to win. Um, so I think it'll be three, three out of five and you're, you're probably coming home next Monday for the giants and feeling okay about it.
0: Big series there. Um, I, like, I can't wait for that series. Like I, you,
1: yeah, I mean, you would think I mean, the giants got lucky yesterday or, or <laughs> was it yesterday they got, yeah, yesterday they almost, they almost blew the game.
0: Well, I know um, how much you dislike that team like and, and not that you hate them but that you just don't think they're any good and yeah. i know that you think that this phillies team like i think that to the average person like you are more bullish on the phillies than the average person is is that, yeah that's fair to say right yeah i think so so it's just like it's one of those series where i can't lose because either the phillies win and they they kind of grow the lead or they they, they get beat up by the the giants and Gabe Kapler. And then I get to come on this show and go, yo, Aunt, what happened, man? What yeah. happened? So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I, seriously, that's a series for me. Like the Phillies are better than the giants. They are at home. Like show up and, and do this. Right. Like, well, So
1: here's, here's a, here's a question. And we, we, were, we were talking about Taiwan Walker earlier, just to circle back to that just for a second. So we asked, and I was perplexed by this, Bob, we asked Rob Thompson about the pitching rotation. Sunday morning again like we followed up again just to you know clarify what's happening Um, and Walker is not pitching this week and he's you know he was originally supposed to start the game next Sunday in Williamsport and is not Suarez is going to start that game so he wouldn't commit to a rotation beyond Sunday and but he was asked will is there a chance Walker will pitch against the Giants and he said yeah they'd like him to and right now, you're set up to have it go Wheeler, Nola, Lorenzen against mm-hmm. the Giants. Are you of the mindset that a, an uncertain Taiwan Walker is a better option than any of those three at this point and pushing one of them to St. Louis the following Friday?
0: Yeah, I mean, I hear you. And, like, it,
1: it doesn't make any sense to me with that series meaning what it means. For the playoffs, like it just doesn't make any sense to me why you would trot Walker back out at that point. Like, just save him an extra couple days, let him pitch the first game of the St. Louis series on Friday night, um just to make sure. Because you know, are we crossing our fingers against a team that you need to beat? Like that—that that was perplexing to me to get that response. And who knows? They may not do it. They may wait. They may hold off Walker until the Cardinals, and this could be some, you know early alarmist stuff for me (laughs) um but but i don't it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense so
0: i uh, um i don't know where to to get this into the show i i wanted to circle back to this though i i feel i feel like i just have to um (laughs) Has nothing to do with the Phil. Well, has something to do with the Phillies, but doesn't have anything to do with the current Philly. Can we just talk about something that probably came up about five weeks ago, and that is uh, Mickey Moniak. I, I just wanted to t- touch on this. I just can't. I know I Bob, said
1: are, so... are, Bob. Are you are you doing one last thing today? Are we reversing roles? Oh, is, this, is this going
0: to be your thing? It wasn't. I was actually going to bring up something with probably a little bit more serious but this is fine go I ahead just, My, i have to this talk is, about this is better this. this is better than mine go ahead i didn't go back and look at the tweet like i i think it was about a month ago everyone was going crazy five weeks ago about mickey moniac and how like the angels unlocked his number one overall pick potential and did the phillies make a mistake in making the deal for Cindergaard and you know why couldn't the phillies figure this out and Okay. And, and listen, I mean, he was hitting like well over 300. His OPS was over a thousand. It was all against right-handed pitching, but Hey, whatever that you can be a very useful player. Even if you are you know, have wildly extreme platoon splits, no problem with that. Like, and good for him, by the way, like, and I'll even preface all of this by saying like, I'm pretty sure what he's done now has bought himself a few years as a major league baseball player just because he's he's been pretty intriguing against right-handed pitching this year. But his last 15 games, he's hitting 150 with a 410 OPS. He struck out 27 times. He's drawn two walks in mm-hmm. 46 at bats against left-handed pitching because the, the Angels, like they, they're like, hey, all right, let's see what we have in this kid. Like they're actually letting him hit against lefties more now. He's got a 309 OPA, a 309 OPS in 46 at bats against left-handed pitching this season, and his like his baseline stats, like his overall stats, he's still hitting 289, which is solid, and he has an 841 OPS, which is solid and, and much better than pretty much any Phillies regular. But those numbers where they were five weeks ago, uh, or they're in a very much different place now. And if I had to guess, and if I had to bet. I think I know which way they're going to continue to move. Um, All of this is to say, like, because I know I sound like salty and bitter or like that I'm rooting against the guy. I'm not. It has nothing to do with him, and it has nothing to do with him on a personal level. But, like, this is why everybody needs to, like, calm the fuck down and realize that, like, no, the Phillies did not trade away a future Hall of Famer for a fifth starter down the stretch last season. Like, I'll say what I said then. Like, I would make that trade every day of the week. And even if Mickey Moniak turns into a ten-year player where he's a, a solid contributor at the major league level, that is an ultimate. If there was ever a change of scenery trade that had to happen, it was that one. I'm not here to give the Phillies like they don't need me to defend them. I don't. I will criticize them at, at every possible term when warranted. I got nothing for you on that trade. I don't know how you can look at that and say that they screwed up there.
1: Mickey Moniak stinks, Bob.
0: Well, I'll say it. That's fine. I'll, Thank you.
1: I'll say it. Mickey Moniac gave the Angels the Dom Brown month, is what he gave yeah. the Angels, yeah. and and maybe his career ends up being Dom Brown, because I think that that's very similar paths. Okay, yeah, but okay, Moni- maybe Moniac was never considered the number one overall prospect in the minor leagues like Dom Brown was at that one point, but it, but it is a very similar thing. First overall draft pick, Dom Brown was a, considered the best prospect in minor league baseball finally comes up gets that chance has that monster you know month month and a half everybody thinks here we go this is the breakout superstar it's going to happen and then over the course of the next two and a half seasons becomes next to nothing and then it is out of baseball okay I think that's what you're going to get out of mickey monia no, I,
0: I was just trying to sound like uh well researched <laughs> and fair <laughs> And, I <laughs> I mean, you. about it. You in, know, right? essence, in essence i am with you on this but i was just trying <laughs> yeah. to be a little bit more you know
1: bob i appreciate it i appreciate yeah. it, but sometimes sometimes i'm just going to speak plainly about it
0: I, I love that i love that yeah um, do, do you want to end it on that was that the one last thing or do you have something
1: it here? was not my one last thing um I, with one last thing i wanted to throw at you and, and i don't know enough about it because it's just kind of like kind of like happened breaking kind of yesterday last night and um i've been trying to find more on it and you know i maybe i just don't know where to go to the the right places to get the the the, the gory details that the mainstream media people don't want to talk about but Wander franco have no, you seen
0: this? i know i know it's like, not good <laughs> it's not
1: good not, yeah like listen here
0: he, I actually, like, I don't want to even, like, to be honest with you, I don't really want to go into this. I I would just say, I would say that the details that they reported were that he was in the dugout, was a scheduled day off. He was in the dugout for the first half of that game yesterday. Story comes out, he was no longer in the dugout. He's not traveling with them.
1: Not traveling with the team, yeah.
0: I, I just, you know, there's internet rumors that, that, are unfounded and maybe that's ultimately what this is. But a lot of times, like the initial, the initial way that like a team or a player will react in the moment kind of, I think indicates what like could be potentially happening here or like what may happen. And like this response, like, I know you have to, you have to treat it seriously. Right. But I think like this response is like, Hey, you have to at least look at the way that they've initially handled this and you go, Oh boy. You know?
1: Yeah. So. And, and now that like early didn't earlier this year, wasn't he, um, was he suspended for a game or. Something yeah, they benched him.
0: They benched him because for, he was not being a good, not a team good teammate was the way yeah. it was, was worded, which I don't know exactly yeah. what goes into that. But uh, that's that's not good. That story's no good.
1: No. And, and again, you're talking about a young up and coming star who, who may be quickly derailing his his path.
0: Yeah, Um, I was I was curious to see like the way like you said, like they haven't really like the mainstream hasn't really gone into it yet. But like this morning, I was like, I wonder, you know, are we going to see this? And I think that uh, on ESPN, it is one of the the top stories on the website, um, you know, as we talk right now. So, I mean, there's at least an acknowledgement that there's an inquiry going on here where, you know, I mean, I certainly hope for for everyone's sake that that's not true. So.
1: Right. That's all. I'm, right.
0: That's all I can really say about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: you, just you, these, these athletes today, have to learn Bob, Yeah. just it's going to live there forever. So either don't, so just don't do it. Like yeah. I don't understand why they feel the need to to put stuff out there. Just don't do it, man. Just don't do it. You're, 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 you're ruining the chance at, at, your life being set forever like yeah i I don't understand why athletes do these things
0: yeah it's a terrible it's a terrible story um that's one where you just kind of it's like wait and see here how this how this kind of uh how this kind of plays out so yeah all right well um the phillies this week will uh we'll see you know what i mean i I think that what i would love to see them do when to me like a, a sign of a really good team is when you you kind of let, let it get away from you a little bit. You know, you lose the series to Minnesota. I think it's reasonable to go up there, especially with Noel Wheeler say like, Hey, you got to get at least a split up there. Right. And I, I think that that's probably the likely outcome, but you know, go steal one here, like go up there and get both and, you say, OK, now that Minnesota series, we just we just undid that. You know, it's one, like yeah. two out of three. And then we split and then we move forward. You know, I'd like to see them go out there and do it. And really, I think more importantly, as always, is the case. And I'm sure we'll talk about this on Friday. Like, hey, Aaron Nola, go up there and and have one of those games that we know you can have. I'd like to see that.
1: Yeah. Well, I think everybody would like to see it. Absolutely. Um, so. So we'll All see. Right.
0: Well, uh, thank you for tuning in to Crossed Up. You can follow uh, Anthony on Twitter at @ansanphilly. Philly. You can follow the show account at Up Phillies. You can follow me at Bob underscore Wankel. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music. I think is that what it's called? Uh, any, anywhere else you get your shows um, and then uh, also on YouTube. And we will talk to you soon.